We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Off looks, off throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown. Detroit Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown. The snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure comes. Wentz hit, sack, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast episode 338 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Mogamar, Pierre, boys. How are we feeling? The boys are still dancing. How are we feeling? I'm feeling great, Tyler. Um, you know, we were, at, we were both at Ford Field last night. That was, that was awesome. Um, the city was buzzing. We're going to the NFC Championship. I've never said this in my life, and I don't think I've said it. I don't think our dads have said it in their lives. I'm trying to think right now. 91 they did, yes. No, they I'm were. talking about divisional, going to the NFC Championship. In 91 they did. They went to the NFC Championship in 91? They had the bye week yeah, that... divisional round and then lost the uh, NFC Championship. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, not, not only lost, but they got completely They got killed. Was that by Washington, right? Oh, Washington, Jesus. Washington. Okay, well, you get what I mean. Like It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a while, yes. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, Malcolm was a kid, so his old ass was a little kid. So yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) Man, what the? uh, What did I walk into? God damn! That was was crazy. That was crazy. That was so unnecessary. Like yeah, yeah. This this has to be old. Malcolm, even Malcolm was a goddamn kid when this happened. Thank God. (laughs) You know I'm joking, bro. (laughs) I know, man. I know, man. Yo, man. Weird, yeah, you're right, man. This is this is unusual shit. NFC Championship, Detroit Lions. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to act right now. I mean, I, I, I don't even know. Again, I don't know how to act right now, man. That's how crazy this this moment is. This is awesome, man. I'm, I'm just happy. Yeah, man. It was been a crazy. It's been a crazy like two weeks, man. The, the last two weeks have just haven't felt real, man. Like with all the success the Lions have had, and like just seeing. All of the city and all of the state, frankly, just all excited about this football team and just can't wait for the next game. And 
that's the great part about it. Like there is a next game. Like we're still talking about games in the middle of January, having an opportunity to punch your ticket to go to the Super Bowl, which is absolutely insane. So before we talk about the vibe of the game, before we get into all of everything that happened in this game, let's regard some injuries that happened in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Let's regard some signings the Lions have made this late into the season. So we're going to talk about that all. Pierre, I'm going to go off to you. Let's start off with the injuries first. Who suffered the injuries in this game, and what's the longevity of it? So uh, Brock Wright is probably out. I don't think he's going to come back. I think they said he broke his arm. That's what they were saying on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure if he broke his arm. Do you guys know? Did he? It was a forearm injury, So, and they, they signed a tight end, which we'll get into in a little bit. So it looks like, yeah, he'll probably be out. All right, and then Jonah Jackson is going to miss this game, but if they advance, he'll probably be back for the Super Bowl. Looks like he's dealing with some sort of knee injury. Um, He has like a slight meniscus tear on his right knee, I think they said. And he needs to do surgery on it. He needs surgery, so um, he's going to miss more time, I guess. And, I mean, his backup did not play well yesterday. We'll get into that later, though. So those are the injuries, unfortunate, but for the most part, you're healthy. Like overall, your team, for the most part, you're healthy, which is good news. Yes. So Jonah's out, That's which is a huge loss, and because we've seen the effect of the offensive line play when they don't have Jonah Jackson out there. So, you know, it's a little scary, and we're going to talk about the Niners a little bit later, but like got to play that Niners defensive line, the NFC Championship game in Santa Clara. Without Jonah, it could be a little bit rough, but. You know, we'll see what happens in that game. We got Oshika. He, he's going to probably be stepping in that role. Sounds like what Campbell's going to go with. They have some other options, too, potentially like Sorosdale or maybe like a Dan Skipper or something like that. But it looks like it's probably going to be Coyote Oshika. So I guess just get yourself prepared for that. And then one more thing regarding it. It's not an injury, but it's a replacement for an injury. The Lions signed former All-Pro, Pro Bowler, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is now with Detroit Lions on the practice squad with looking like he could get an elevation for the Sunday versus the Niners. So I'll start off with you, Malcolm. What, what, are, what are your quick thoughts on getting Zach Ertz? I think that's a big move, man. I, I'm just want to see exactly like his usage. Um, I want to see how they use him because when you look like he's coming in to replace Brock Wright, um, Brock Wright, we haven't seen much of Brock Wright this year, but other than block the blocking role, so I want I'm just let's just see like are they going to use Zach Ertz as more of a receiver, or this like how how much are we going to see Zach Ertz? That's that's what I want to see. Yeah, um, first of all, I just wanted to credit. He wasn't an All Pro. He's been a three time Pro Bowler. Three time Pro Bowler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but something with Zach, I think he's more of a receiver than a blocker. Yeah. I think Frisker is going to be your blocker, but I do think now. Uh, Obviously, with Brock Wright out, I think with Zach Ertz, he's a really good receiver, right? So you have two good receivers at tight end. I mean, we haven't seen Ertz play in a while. I'm just going off, like, what he's done in his career. So it's, it's kind of hard to defend. And then you have Amon Ross St. Brown, and then you have Reynolds and J-Mo, and you got to get – I mean, it's it's a lot to deal with. It's like a headache to deal with. It's like kind of pick your poison. And yeah. Ertz, is a, he's, a, he's a savvy guy. I think he's another one of those security blankets for golf. That's if he plays. Um, we don't know how fast he get caught up to the playbook. But he has a connection to uh, tight ends coach Steve Hyden, is it? Or Holden? Holden. His name. Holden. He was with the Cardinals for two years. And so that's that's probably why they signed him, because there's a connection. And they know what kind of player he is. 
Yeah, I, I think it's interesting with Zekers because obviously we know the career that he's had. He's been a great player. He's won a Super Bowl in this league before. And, you know, he, like you said, three-time Pro Bowler. He's a great player. I don't know what his role on this team is really necessarily going to be. I mean, I think if I had to assume, I think he's going to probably slot into the tight end three spot because they had an opportunity to sign Zekers a couple weeks ago. You know, when we didn't know the, the certainty of Laporta, James Mitchell goes out. You know, Brock Wright was coming off an injury. Like, they had an opportunity when they were thin at tight end before to go sign a guy like Zach Ertz, but they liked the guys that they had in their locker room. But now with even more injuries, Brock Wright's probably look like he's going to miss some time. James Mitchell's on IR, so he's not returning. Like, I'm assuming he's going to probably be the tight end three, and I think Fersker goes up to tight end two because, like, if they really wanted him for the whole postseason run or even for the second half of the season because he got – cut a minute ago from the Cardinals like they could have signed him a lot earlier so I don't necessarily have a big expectation I think he'll be active I think he'll play um and kind of like Peterson I think he could be a safety blanket if he's out there but as far as getting like a lot of snaps and stuff like that like I I, I truthfully don't really expect it honestly I think Laporte is still going to be the guy and he's going to get majority of the snaps I don't see them running like two tight ends often with Ertz and Laporte both on the field but what do I know? Maybe in the red zone they have something cooked up for him or on third downs they have something cooked up for him. But for the most part, I look at this as just some depth on this team that they need badly right now because they just don't have depth. They only have two healthy tight ends, Laporta, and he's he's obviously playing with a hyperextension knee right now. And Anthony Frisker, who's been a practice squad guy for pretty much the whole season. So, like, they needed all the depth that they can get. Mitchell's out. Brock Wright's out now. Like, you just needed depth in this room. So, I think they got a guy that has experience, a guy like Pierce said that you have a connection to in your tight ends room. So, I mean, I like the move, but not really expecting too, too much out of Ertz, truthfully. Another connection to FIP, obviously, with Philadelphia. So they have some intel on him. Yes, which is our special teams coach. So, yep. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's, it's a sexy name. It's a cool like a cool thing to have. But I don't know. I, like, I'm not expecting too, too much, honestly. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't like... If this was like this is like five years ago. We'll be we'll be we'll be excited. Yeah, 2019 is when he had his. his <laughs> he had a great and he's like, year. he was like a top five tight end at that point in his career. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's still a good player. Like he had even some solid games with Arizona this year, like in this season. But I mean, you still have Sam Laporta, and even like you mentioned, Brock Wright was mainly a blocking tight end for the most of the year. Outside of that one little third and one we got in this game, but like he's been a blocker for yeah. pretty much all year. So I think Frisco just kind of slides in for Brock and. Zach Ertz kind of just kind of goes inside James Mitchell a little bit. That was the same play they ran versus the Jets a couple that years was exact, ago. I thought that the same exact thing when they ran same that play. Same exact play. Literally, he, he's a blocker, then he just sneaks out and he just runs. Yeah. So Okay, so there's that. There's the injuries. Um, they didn't make any offensive line moves as far as sending a guy, so it's going to be what they got in their building right now, which is, like I said, you got Oshika. You got Skipper, you got Silverstale, and I think you got Schofield in the practice squad. So those are pretty much the options you got right now that could potentially play that guard position, that left guard position versus the San Francisco 49ers. You're- All right, let's get some more exciting things now. The Lions posted yet another home playoff game. It was yet another electrifying crowd. Start off with you, Pierre, because you were in attendance of that game. What was the vibe at Ford Field for this game? The vibe, I mean... You can't explain. You kind of have to be there. It was, it was, it was like nonstop cheering. Jerry Goff, you know, it'd be like a TV timeout. You hear Jared Goff chant, or the offense is coming out. You hear Jared Goff chant. Um, you know, before the offense gets the huddle, it's loud. 
they they did those dances again the swag serve fans were doing that the soldier boy cranked that um it was it's hard to explain like how do i say this it was electric bro it was fun it was electric it was a memory i mean these past two games are probably the top 10 moments in my life that i've been to um it was different man it's just we've never experienced it and the city was buzzing you could tell i mean just walking into the game you could just tell like people were not necessarily nervous about this game they were all lit and they were all excited it's just different tyler i don't know something i love about these last two weeks is like like the support around you it's like you've been there with these guys this whole life like you know the people around you like you but you you have that support like high five after every big play hugging after a win you know like it just feels like it's like a family in there it's all friends that you've known for your whole life and you just met them this day this game and i don't know man it's kind of like what Pierce said they are it is an unexplainable thing of, of what's going on right now like it's something we've never felt in our lives before and just like to kind of be there, like it's something I would never pass up on. I, I know it was expensive to be in attendance, so I understand that everybody could go out there and, and experience that. But if you had the opportunity to go there, like I think you walked out very satisfied. You don't think you walked out thinking, "Oh wow, I just got jet for my money." Like, "Oh, I feel like there was missing this." Like, I think you got the full enjoyment, satisfaction. Now it might hurt your bank account after the fact, but like you're not thinking about that in the moment. And I think it's been an absolute unreal two weeks for this city. And the crazy thing is, like, it's still going, man. Like, now they don't have any more home games at Ford Field. But, like, the team still has an opportunity to do some very remarkable stuff and get the city really going. And it would be an unbelievable feeling for all of Michigan, man, if, if the Lions could just keep dancing and, and keep this momentum that they got going for right now. It's, it's crazy, man. And I'll say this. The rally towels, great addition. Great addition, man. That place was everyone's waving their towels like crazy in that game. It was it was unreal, dude. Better than the pom poms, but you know. I agree. I agree. And the light show still still undefeated. Still great. That light show is unreal. Yeah. That light yeah. show. Those things will die, man. <laughs> no, I saved both of them for memory. Like they was it was still going off last. I was like, what the heck, dude? It was going off until I went to sleep. <laughs> those things will die. Yeah. Yeah, man. From the TV, man, you can see um everybody waving the towels. It was a cool, it was a cool um look, you know. It's just seeing all the fans, you know, with the towels and the, the light show. You could tell that it was a vibe. You could tell I mean, I was there the week one um the wild card and I I experienced that. So I already know that this was gonna be very, very, very similar. And um if it was anything like the wild card, man, I know that place was loud as hell. It was loud, very loud. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could tell. <laughs> and shout out to the man Barry Sanders. I feel like so I gained a lot of followers from that. Honestly, um, I oh, made man. obviously a, a tweet earlier in the week. I was on Friday. I didn't think I was going to attend this game, honestly. And I'm like, you know what? I had that little Kool Aid itch. I'm like, I'm going to go on DoorDash. I'm going to go grind out this, and I'm going to make enough money to go to so, attend this Lions game, man. You you, you wasn't going to make it, bro. Ah, uh, you probably not. Like I was, I was willing to spend a little bit out of my pocket, but okay. like I want, to, I I want to get a good chunk, like a, like a solid chunk, you know, okay, of not yeah. like, like some other money. You know what I mean? Like a, like a side you, hustle a little you. bit. Got you. But I didn't have to worry about that because your go, our go, running back Barry Sanders, man, freaking hooked it up, dude. If you guys haven't seen it, it was on Twitter. 
made a tweet saying I was going to go on DoorDash until I got enough money to attend this Lions game. Barry said, don't worry, buddy. You're going to go attend this game, courtesy of me. And I'm like, it was unreal, dude. It was an unreal feeling, man. It was it was something that just didn't feel real, dude, for, for forever, dude. It was like just walking around. I didn't know what to do with my hands. Didn't know what to do, man. I just, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, a similar post. I mean, I was trying to see if I could get shoot my shot. Yeah, you're sp- selling <laughs> spicy content. I saw. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, oh, no, 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 no. I was hoping Barry would have saw him. Like, yo, let's, let's stop. Let's stop this brother from doing this. But no, he didn't. He didn't stop me. <laughs> oh, did he get a lot of subscribers or not? I didn't get any, man. Shit. <laughs> Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah man just, oh, just, man just an unreal day though it was, it was a great atmosphere great vibe man and just happy to the team win again and, and keep dancing i wish they got another home game home playoff game because it looked like it was going to happen potentially on saturday but hey it is what it is the last two weeks have been unreal man we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Let's go to Santa Clara. Let's I'm go to Santa Clara. Yeah, yep. let's go run out. Let's go run out RV and let's go make a trip out there. <laughs> that would oh, be, be quite expensive. All right. Yeah. Mary. <laughs> let's get into the game, especially for you from Florida, dude. That would be hella expensive. Shit. All right. Let's get into this game now. Lions offense. Whoever wants to take the whoever wants to take it. What would you guys take away from this game from the Lions offense? Um Jerry Goff is really good against the blitz, and the O-line picked up the blitz. Um, he didn't panic, you know. I, I he had one bad throw was in the red zone. He almost threw a pick, but the guy dropped it. Other than that, I thought Jared Goff was like, I don't want to say perfect, but he was really good. Um, Jared Goff is actually playing his best football right now in his career. I think his last, what is it, three or four games, he has 12 touchdowns to two picks. He had these last few stretch of games. I don't know the exact number of games, but he's he's playing at an elite level. 
Um, Amin-Ra is playing like a dog. Sam Laporta, Jameer. I mean, I go on and on. Sewell, Decker. Jackson, before he got hurt, was playing great. Ragnall was battling through two injuries, a knee sprain and an ankle sprain on top of his bow and, I mean, his toe. And what's the other injury he's been dealing with all his year? His back. His back. I mean, the guy's a warrior. He's so, dealing with every single injury you could think of right now. Yeah, and he's he's out there. He's literally out there fighting his ass off. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I just thought the Lions did whatever they wanted to do on offense. At first, they stopped the run, but then they went to the pass, and the pass set up the run, which I kind of like. They played more deep, and the Lions said, all right, we're going to run it. You want to play too high? We'll run it on you. And Jameer Gibbs just went crazy. Yeah. They they had a – first half wasn't pretty. You know, they, it wasn't great. They got some stops on us. It was a 10-10 halftime, you know, and the offense was kind of stagnant. You know, they couldn't really get much going. But that second half – they really woke up, man. You know, they were getting the short passing game involved, getting Laporta more involved than Jameer Gibbs, man. Like, what could you say about Jameer Gibbs, dude? He has been absolutely unreal this year and unreal in these playoffs, man. He he is he's been great. And he was great in this game. He was, you know, that, that big run really got that place going crazy at Ford Field. That that's like where it felt like, okay, we're gonna win this game now. That that was the moment where like, okay, I feel really good now. And the offensive line, dude, they're playing their asses off and Gotta start with 16, dude. Where do I start with 16, man? 16 is playing out of his damn mind right now. And this is what people want to see, man. You know, that they, they said, like, okay, you've been good in the regular season. Let's see what you do in the playoffs now. These are the big moments. Could Jared Goff win you the big games? He's winning you the big games. He is the reason why you're winning these games. Not the only reason, but he's a big reason why you're winning these games. He's playing clean. He's not playing reckless. No stupid turnovers. That's what you ask about Jared Goff, man. Keep him clean. He'll make the right throws, and he's going to play a good game. That's what I ask out of Jared Goff. Don't make reckless turnovers. Don't play stupid. Don't put your team in bad situations. And he's not done that. And these last two weeks, the most important games in, you know, the last century for the Lions, he has been absolutely phenomenal, man. Absolutely phenomenal. Zero turnovers. And, you know, he, he's earned himself a big contract at the end of the year, man. And he deserves every single penny of it. He's playing out of his damn mind. He's got the city support over him right now, chanting Jared Goff after every commercial break. I mean, he has earned every single penny that he's going to get his way in March or April, whenever he gets that extension done. He he has been phenomenal, and I think the whole city should be behind Jared Goff. Now, I don't think there should be any questions. Yeah, I think I think this is awesome right now because even though these players they, they don't come out and say, yeah, I listen to the media or I see what's going on as far as what's, what's going on, on social media. I, I know you heard the vibes when you first got here. You know, it was a very large amount of people that did not want him here, you know. But um, he didn't say shit. He just, you know, just kept going to work, man. So the fact that the whole city's behind him, uh, I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. And um, like you said, man, Jared Goff, he's been, he's been playing some of his best football right now, man. No turnovers. I mean, other than that one play in the end zone that he almost threw that pick to um, – Dean, Jamel Dean. Jam- Jamel Dean. He was very efficient that that entire game, man. I'm talking about like on third and long, third and fifteen. You're like, oh, you know, we're probably gonna punt. Bam, he he, he throws a strike to him. I'm Ross A. Brown, you know. And it just this offense have so many weapons, man. They, they I think they're really hard to defend right now. I mean, you don't know if you're gonna go to Amaras A. Brown. You know, gonna go to Laporta. Hell, when you have them covered, then you have fucking Reynolds coming out of fucking nowhere, coming off the fucking bench and making a big play. And then you have you got the dump offs. This team right now is really hard to defend. And I think they're clicking right now on Sunday. Then they have the formula right now to 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 go, man. 
this is the team right here. This is when you, when you when you play complementary football both sides and you're able to do this on offense the way they've been playing offense. This team can go go far, man. Yeah, man. I mean, they have the best tandem in the backfield. I mean, we've said that all year with Montgomery and and Gibbs. They, they've been phenomenal. And Josh Reynolds, man, he is the most underappreciated, underrated player on this football team. I think he is just. He doesn't go away, man. Every time you think he's going to be gone this year or he's not going to have a big role anymore, he just finds his way onto this field. He finds his way and makes an impact every time on the field. I mean, he'll have a couple games where he's not uh, like a big factor, but these last two weeks in the playoffs, he's been absolutely freaking phenomenal. That Rams game was very good for Jared Goff. This game, getting a touchdown. I mean, man, he has been so important for this team. And that's another guy, not that he's going to get a crazy payday this offseason, but he's a guy I put high on my priority list that you got to bring back this offseason. I, I think he's so good for this football team. He plays so many different roles for this football team. You could have him as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, wide receiver four, whatever it is. And he's going to find himself on the field. And he's going to make a he's going to make an impact for your team. So he's very important to this football team. I think he's a great locker room guy as well. I, I like you can't like what he's doing is isn't sexy. But he he just gets the work done, man. I think what do they call him? The, the Mantis, whatever is that, that his nickname? Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't go away. You can't get rid of him, man. He's just he's just he's just a solid, good football player. He's just so underappreciated, underrated. I want to mention another player too. I feel like they went more to him this week. He had four targets but two catches, and it seems like they held him on as Jamison Williams. Uh, they targeted him deep uh, this week. Just didn't happen. Um, feel like there could have been a flag, honestly, but they didn't call it. They let him play a little yesterday on both sides of the ball. But um, Jamison Williams coming along, two catches, 35 yards. He averaged 17.5 yards per reception. I mean, the guy, he's he's not, like, dropping passes. He's making the right plays. Um, you know, just keep playing and keep getting better, and that big game's going to eventually come, whether it's in the playoffs or next year. You could tell it's starting to click for him. And I think I saw, like, the TV broadcast – they were saying that uh, they were working on this route, him and Goff, like three, four times with different route combinations to the left, to the right. Then they ran that play. It was that little corner route he had. Yeah. They said they said they ran that in practice last. So it seems like him and Goff are, are getting their chemistry down together, which is really good. Yeah. With JMO, it's just like I'm still waiting. Like I know there's still so much more left in the tank. Like he's, he's showing progress. He's looking better every week. But I just know there's so much more in the tank for him. He has, you know, a hell of a ton of potential. So I'm just waiting for – that true breakout game and just the consistency with Jamison Williams going forward. Like that's what, that's what I'm really waiting for. And I don't know if we're going to get it this year because we're so deep into the season, but like, I, I have a really good feeling this off season and next season, like it, it's going to really click and, and get going. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about Jamison at all, man. I think right now, I think he's there, man. I just think that we just have so many weapons and there's only one ball. So I think that's the issue right now. Um, because we have a lot of guys, a lot of guys that can make plays. And um, even Jimbo, Jimbo's getting his, his his fair share of plays too, but um, we just have two uh, a lot of playmakers right now. I think that's what it yeah. is right now. Well, the crazy yeah. thing is none of those playmakers are going away. Like Amon Ross St. Brown is still in a rookie contract. Sam Laporte is on a rookie contract. Jameer Gibbs is on a rookie contract. You signed David Montgomery to a three-year deal. Josh Reynolds is going to be back on this team next year. I'm like almost certain he's going to be on this team next year. Like. These guys aren't going anywhere, so I, I I really think it's gonna be like more of him just getting acclimated to the offense because obviously he missed some time with the whole suspension deal and him being injured at the end of training camp. So I I think next year is gonna be really the year for Jameson Williams and he's gonna be a more factor and we're gonna talk about him at, at, with those pieces and say like he's gonna get more of the share. But you're right, they do have a lot of pieces and that's a good thing to have. 
100%, man. Shit, because we, we've been through some situations where, where we have shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember the seasons like where Khalif Raymond was your wide receiver two, wide receiver one? Yeah, no, don't remind me. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, like it's a luxury what you got right now at offense. And you got you got it for years, not just a go one year thing, which is the great thing about this thing. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to pay some of those guys soon. Amon Ross probably getting paid this offseason, right? Reynolds is probably going to get a slight increase from what he was making or somewhere close to that. They already paid Raymond. Uh, Laporta still got a while. Gibbs has a while. But, yeah, that, that's 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 like a good thing, though. You're paying great players or good players. Great, good and great players, you know? That you so, drafted. That you drafted or that you signed or that you brought in. Like, they didn't draft Reynolds, but he was weighed, and they, they claimed him. And then I feel like when Reynolds kind of got here is kind of when the offense started clicking a little more too. That's when we saw – that's when they kind of transitioned to Ben Johnson. Portal, that's yeah. when they transitioned to Ben. You know, that was when they had Anthony Lynn. They demoted him. Then we had the Dan Campbell offense for like a month, which was interesting to say the very least. <laughs> and then, and then uh, we slowly got Ben more acclimated to the offense. And, yeah, it's like when they got Reynolds, that's when Amaros starts to really pop off. And ever since then, man, like it's it's – it's been a moving bus since, you know, they, they haven't slowed down since that moment, that second half, that like late December in 2021 to all the way now, it hasn't slowed down really. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into this defense now. Start off with you, Pierre. What's your thoughts on what Aaron Glenn had cooked up? Dan Campbell had a, a bunch of praise for, for Aaron Glenn today on Monday after the, after the game. So what would you think Aaron Glenn did well? So when you think about AG, we've we've set this a lot on this show. It's kind of you live by the blitz and you die by the blitz. When the blitz get there, when the pressure gets there, it's good. But when you're one-on-one with these elite receivers, they played like really good receivers the last few weeks too. CD Lamb, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You got another two two good ones coming up here with uh, Ayuk, and we'll see if Debo will play. But um, Tyler, he had a great game plan because, yeah, while they did get their they get they got they did get their wins one on ones the Bucks did, but for the most part, they rattled Baker a little. I thought they did good with the run, um, and they adjusted. The second half adjustments what I liked a lot. So they were they were playing a lot of like man to man, like single high or not two guys, and then we saw what Mike Evans did in that two minute offense <coughs> in the second half. So like AJ's like, you know what? I'm playing two safeties deep, and when you play two safeties deep. We didn't really see uh we didn't really see like guys get beat left and right. Right. Yeah. And the blitzing. I mean, you had more of a, a game plan where you could blitz this week. Cause obviously we know what Stafford could do against the blitz. And like this matchup just gave you the opportunity to blitz more. And they got home a couple of times with Iffy, saw Branch get home. Um, you know, they they're they're getting home, man, and it was a good thing. Hutchinson got home a couple of times and I saw he's already tied for the most sacks in Lions playoff history uh, with Ziggy Johnson now. They're both tied <laughs> at three. I mean, obviously, you play more playoff games, you have more opportunities to, to you know, to get the record. I think Hutchinson is going to own that record very, very soon. It could be this week. You know, he's going to own the record for the most sacks in Lions playoff history. But, you know, they're just getting home, man. It was a good thing. And it, it had a favorable matchup to, to do that. Like I said, you could blitz more, more unlike like last week when he played the Rams. They had a very good game plan, especially in that first half. It looked very good. And then they adjusted, made this, the minor adjustment second half. You know, and they, they got a couple of good plays in there. They got a touchdown at the end. But for the most part, you know, put your offense in a good situation, gave your offense a good opportunity to go win the game. And, and they did what they had to do, man. And that's all I really ask out of Aaron Glennon in this unit. I always said this. I'm, and I'm going to keep repeating it every single week. 
this team identity is always going to be from the offense. This 2023-24 Lions is always going to be from the offense. The defense just has to do a good enough job. In the last two weeks, that's what exactly they have done, man. Um, I think Aaron Glenn is doing the best what he does with, with his personnel because I think that's something that they're going to address big time in this offseason is personnel. I think Aaron Glenn's getting a, the best out of these guys, man. We're seeing guys take steps forward. Derek Barnes taking a step forward, making the game ceiling interception in the end. Ifati Malafondo has been an absolute terror the last month. Kirby Joseph has been very good this year. Hutchinson's been better. I mean, Aleem, you know, like I would say Kirby has been very good this year. I'd say he's been, he's been better, been better the but, last month. I mean, yeah, like right now he's playing his, his really, really good football, but I want to say he's, you know, he's been- this year he was better last year than this year, but the last month when we really needed him, he's playing. I mean, he's getting the most snaps on the team right now in the same team and iffy. He played. He played good yesterday. He had that nice pass breakup. Um, like Iffy and Kirby Joseph are getting more snaps than CJ Garner Johnson, who was one of your biggest free agent signs. That's showing good growth out of Kirby Joseph and Iffy. Huge growth. Yeah, they didn't play as much zone this week. They played more man, which was nice to see. Like, say another NFL team who is having CJ Garner Johnson as a rotational guy. Nobody. Nobody. There's not another team in the NFL as CJ Garner Johnson's a rotational piece, and that shows the growth of your your young guys with Iffy and Kirby Joseph. Yeah. And that's Aaron Glenn getting the best out of him. He, he's doing a great job. Derek Barnes, a whole different player from what he was last year. Even this season. I mean, from the last month, he's grown so much and made a game-sealing pick. So, I love it, man. I, I, I hope AG could stick around for another year because I think, like, I don't know if it's for sure there's a couple of coaching vacancies still available. But, man, I, I think Aaron Glenn's really getting the best out of these guys. I think he gets some more talent. I think he can get this defense really cooking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I think Aaron, yeah, like you said, I think, he, I think he's getting the best out of the pieces he has, man. I think this is a good defense, man. You just look at what they're able to do as far as putting pressure. And what I like what Aaron Glenn was able to do is he, he adjusted a lot. He adjusted a lot um, last week as far as, um, you know, you know, pressing the receivers or, or having the, the the safety roll out, you know, to to double uh, Mike Evans and, and, and stuff like that. So he, he did a good job as far as, you know, you know, playing the defense. You know, he they did they did a good defense. They did a good job. Now, um, I just think our, our secondary just this is what it is, man. I mean, uh, it, it, we kind of knew this coming in that you know we just don't have the guys, and uh, as far as the corners to 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 play these guys, and then like, we played these elite receivers. So, I mean, we I think we're gonna continue continue to give up these big yards to these big to these big um to these big time receivers, but. What they're doing also is um, in the red zone, they're 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 playing the red zone really well. So they're they're keeping the teams out of the red, uh, keeping the team out of red zone, keeping them from scoring, and they're putting pressure on quarterbacks, man. And they're they're, they're stopping the run, even though last week they didn't play their best game as far as stopping the run. But they're, they're you know mainly they they're, they're stopping the run. So as long as they could do that, man, I'm fine with it, man. I think part figure. of that, my bad, Malcolm. I think part of that stopping the run was they they kind of took guy out of the box and they put him more deep. Like they went two safety looks. Yeah, they do. two safety side. I know. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's part. Like that's a sacrifice. But AG's like, all right, we feel like we're shot right. Maybe he won't beat us with his legs. We feel like Baker will beat us more with his arms. And I love that adjustment. I really did. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, that was my biggest question with AG for the last three seasons. Is this in game adjustments? Because it felt like. He can come in with a hell of a game plan, but if it's not a hell of a game plan, like the team is just going to pick that apart the whole game and he's not going to have the right adjustments. But what I've seen the last, I would say December, it started for AGs where I kind of like grow, like I, I've started to respect him even more. I've always respected him as a, as a 
person. I always thought he's a great person and a great coach. Like he has a ability to be a good coach in this league, but the adjustments were always a little iffy to me. But the last month since December, I think he's had made some made, made great adjustments in game when he had to. If something's not working right away, he's going to make the adjustment in the game. And we saw it in this game. I mean, it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't working. I mean, it only held him to 10 points in the halftime. But then in that first half, the defense just was, was, wasn't great, man. You know, you, you can't allow a touch on that situation. But the second half, I thought they came out, got some blitzes, got some big-time stops. And even when the offense was struggling a little bit, the offense wasn't clicking right away. The first half was rough. I mean, they only got 10 points. And the defense had to get some stops to keep them in the game, and that's exactly what they did. So the in-game adjustments have been a lot better out of Aaron Glennon. It has made me trust him as a play caller a lot more starting in December, like I said. He's one of the best defense coordinators in the league right now. It's hard to argue. Him and Ben Johnson are both like one of the top at their respective positions. That's why they're both getting a lot of interviews. Um, they're both really good coaches. They have different styles, but they're both really, really good coaches. And and I actually think AG actually might be back next year, but we'll see. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully, man. Shoot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the game plan, man. They're put, able to put pressure on Baker. Get them rattled and have them make mistakes, and that's what we see. Malcolm, you know what I thought they were going to do? You know how they did with LA? They did a lot of zone. They basically switched corners and safeties back and forth, which they've been doing the past couple weeks. They actually went different. I bet you Tampa was expecting that, and Detroit played more man. It kind of threw Tampa off a little too. Yeah, it probably did. And so, and, and also, they they had a lot of free rushes going at them too, so they, had, they, they were blitzing a lot too. So I think that, that also kind of threw Baker – yeah, man, with some zone blitzing, it was great. I mean, the, even the even the Derek Barnes pick, they disguised it. I think Barnes was at the line. Was at the line that he pulled and then out? He backed out, and they, boom, pick. They did, they did that um, majority of the plays. They have yeah. they have like five or six guys in the line, and, and then they'll pull, they'll pull two and, and drop them in the zone. Yeah, I mean this DB's room. I mean specifically the cornerback room, I should say, like. You just don't have much talent. I think they're like you mentioned it. They've been playing some elite receiving cores the last two weeks. I mean, you played Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua versus the Rams last week. This week you go against Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer. Like he's he's pretty solid too. He's not elite, but he's a good player. And um, with this cornerback room, like they're doing a good enough job. I mean, not those guys specifically, the corners, but like what Aaron Glenn's getting out of them and putting them in situations like with blitzing and getting the quarterback a little frazzled. Like, they're doing a good job getting the quarterback's face so they don't have to absolutely pick on these guys because some of the lines were not doing early in the year was getting pressure. The quarterback said all day in the pocket to make whatever read they want to do, and someone was going to eventually get open, especially with these corners. When you have Cam Sutton, who's playing how he's been playing recently, Kendall Vildor, who's not a starter on any other NFL team right now. He played what, good yesterday. He played all right yesterday. But, like, my point is Kendall Vildor is not starting for the NFL team. Yeah. It's no, crazy. Yeah, Vildor, yeah. The, the thing about Vildor is that he's always there. He's, he's just a scrappy guy. He's like Jerry Jacobs, honestly. They're like, they're scrappy dudes. Like, they'll play hard, but they're not the biggest guys. They're not the fastest guys. They're just, you know, they could tackle. They're good in the running game, but they're not the best in cut. It's similar like, to Jacobs. I feel like he's always there. I just feel like he just always gets beat. Yeah. They're just like you'll see him like making a play of the ball, but he'll just miss it. Or he'll like, slap by, and the guy's by, by and and then that's it. The guy's gone. Yeah, but like I like the disguised blitz they've been doing recently because that was something they were just were not doing early on in the year, and even throughout the middle of the season, like December is when they really start to get an amp it going. And I'd say it's the iffy effect a little bit because iffy is a phenomenal blitzer. Since he's got more playing time in December, and they've been blitzing him more, like he's made a huge impact to this defense and getting pressure on the quarterback. And it's kind of like Pierce says, you live or die by the blitz. Like 
they had to try something else because just relying on the front four was not working. They tried for so freaking long trying to rely on this front four just to get home, and it just wasn't happening. Like quarterbacks, like I said, seven, eight seconds in the pocket could make whatever read they wanted. And with these corners, it's gonna be very fast. When you have when you have Cam Sun playing like how he's been playing recently, Kindleville door on the other side, guys are gonna get open pretty damn fast. So you have to do different things, and that's what Aaron Glenn is exactly has been doing the last month. I will say this though, I didn't like one thing with AG yesterday was playing kind of like press man Cam Sutton on Mike Evans. That's just not a favorable matchup. Thank God he adjusted later in the game. He figured that out. But like those that final two minutes, like they kept calling that play like do something different. But right. in the second half, he adjusted though. Um, bro, you're asking Cam Sutton, who's like 5'11. I don't know how much he weighs, but going against Mike Evans, who's fucking 6'5", who's an all-pro receiver, who's a dog. Even, like, top number one corners have trouble with him. You're asking Cam, who's more of a low-end one, high-end two, to cover Mike Evans one-on-one. That's that's not – yeah. that's like, you know – but Cam has to win some of those as well. Like, I'm not, I'm not giving Cam a pass, but it's just not a favorable matchup. Like, if you tell me you have – if you're the Bucks, you have Evans on Cam Sutton one-on-one, you're taking that all day. 100%. And it's yeah. this week, I understand that argument because Mike Evans is a big body receiver and he's going to have obviously a lot more favorable matchups when he goes against a guy like Cam Sun. But Cam Sun, frankly, since he's popped in the injury report during that Cowboys week, yeah, he just, just has not been player. the same player, man. Like he's 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 just like falling for, he's falling for every receiver move. Like he's just not looking good. He hasn't looked good for the past month, like since the Cowboys game, I'll say. I think he's playing hurt. Um, like you said, since that injury report, it just hasn't – he hasn't been the same guy since he's been on that report. Yeah. I just think, it, I just think this is Camp Sun, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't, think, I don't think he's going to be any better. I think this is just Camp Sun. Well, to be fair, I don't think he should be a cornerback one. And I don't think they really had expectations of him being the cornerback one. Obviously, they signed Mosley this offseason. There's a bunch of rumors that the Lions loved Devon Witherspoon in the draft. So, like, I think they had intentions that they like Cam. And I like Cam. I think he's still a good player. I just don't think he's a cornerback one. And we were saying before the show started, like, I think that's going to be the Lions' first need this offseason. I think that's the first thing they're going to trust oh, is the yeah. cornerback room. Cornerback and D-line, uh, D-line like, little changes because a lot of guys are free agents on the D-line. 100%. I don't know if you're going to bring them back, honestly. Like, but the corner, I mean, like, yeah. outside Brian Branch, like, you need another corner or two or three. Like I think you, you have your CB2, and I think you have your nickel. You don't have your CB1. Yeah. And I like Vildor's a depth guy, but he cannot be a starting outside guy. I do like Vildor to be a depth piece as well. I Much better than Will Harris, yes. Will Harris, and I think he's been playing. He's given us more than what Jerry Jacobs was giving us early in the year. Will Harris has been good on special teams, which is good to see. And then – um even like Khalil Dorsey was a better option than Jerry Jacobs at some point, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> they tried that for a little, like ah, yeah, they, the special teams. <laughs> yeah, they did the they did the fifty fifty rest with Vildor and and Dorsey, and then they realized. I mean, Vildor is just the better option at, at corner. I mean, it's kind of like what we said earlier about the guard situation. It's just kind of what you got right now, dude. Like, you're not going to upgrade significantly at this point of the year. Like, it's the NFC Championship game we're talking about right now. There's not guys just that you can go sign. Well, let's be honest, though. You have, even with that guard you have, you have, you have still have, like, one of the best O-lines in the league. Even yeah, with I know. You probably still have the best O-line in the league. Like, it's one small weakness, but the other strengths are all massive strength. Like, Decker is a heck of a left tackle. Sewell is the best lineman in the league. Ragnar is the best center in the league. And Graham Glasgow is playing at a really high level this year. I mean, it's you have four like really good to elite guys. I feel much better about the Oshika situation than I feel about the cornerback situation. I'll say that. 
hundred percent. Um, you know, you might be one on one a little. You, you might lose them, but he didn't play well. But it is, bro. It's what you got, man. You know, like there's yeah. other teams. I'll tell you right now. I know it's a little like maybe a little tidbit for next week for like later in the week. But Colton McKivitz, the Niners' right tackle, gave up nine sacks this year, and guess who's going up against some Hutch? So that's just. It- yeah. It's the truth in the NFL. You're never going to have a perfect team. You know what I mean? There's always going to be strengths and weaknesses to every single team. Like, even when we talk about the best of the best teams, like, there's always a strength and a weakness to every single team. Maybe not the Ravens, but every other team has a strength and a weakness to their team. Ravens have some weaknesses, too. You just have to. um, They just are. They don't look as the weaknesses when we we watch them play. (laughs) Because it looks like they do everything so good. I think they got to blitz them, man. He's got a blitz the fuck the, out of him. The thing with the Ravens is uh, what they do. Well, I don't want to talk about the Ravens now. But. That's, I was just trying to make it a joke. They're, they just look like a perfect team. But like my point is, there's not a perfect team in the NFL. Like the, the, There's a lot of strength and weaknesses to every single team. And, you know, majority of the lines are strengths. They have a couple weaknesses. The cornerback situation's a weakness, definitely. And this new guard situation, the left guard situation, is going to be a weakness. But other than that, like I think you feel pretty good about every position on this team right now. I mean, maybe like... You wanted a little more at tight end with the injuries. I mean, you're fine there, bro. It's just but like, yeah, and then like defensive line, maybe see so like get more pressure. But other than that, like I feel like you feel pretty good at every position outside. If you made it, pressure. if you made it this far, you should feel pretty good. Hundred percent. Every team that makes it this far, look, every team has weaknesses and strengths, whatever. But when you make it this far, you are a top four team in the NFL. No one could tell you anything. You are one of the best. You're the top dog right now, like. Bro, every like the Chiefs don't have wide receivers and they're making it happen. You know, like every team it just deals with stuff. You got to get creative. Like the lines, for example, no corners. All right, let's blitz. Let's get pressure. Right. You know, like Andy Reid is more creative. Let's let's run the ball more. Let's get more creative in the running game. But let's get other guys involved. Like you just have to be creative and you have to kind of mask them a little. And sometimes, yeah, you'll get exposed a little. But how do you weather that storm? The Lions have weathered it pretty well with the red zone defense with the back corner play. So. Okay, let's do oopsie doopsie and ball of the week, and then we'll do a little mini preview of the 49ers. So, all right, let's get into oopsie doopsie of the week. This one was a little tough, but not too tough because there wasn't any glaring players, I think, outside of this one guy that had a bad performance. And we kind of mentioned it, it wasn't the greatest matchup, but if you guys don't know who I'm talking about now, I'm talking about Cam Sutton. Um, it, Cam. It, it, Cam, it was a rough day for brother. It was a rough oh, day man. for the brother, man. Um, oh, it wasn't a good day, man. And end of the first half, they were targeting him. The Mike Evans touchdown in the second half, they were targeting him. It felt like every time Baker needed a first down, he was targeting Cam Sutton. That, that's just what it felt like in that game. Um, like, I, like we kind of said it, it wasn't a favorable matchup, but it's what I saw on the field. It wasn't great. It, it was a, a situation that they put him in. So I'm going to give it to Cam Sutton. He's my oopsie of the week. And, of course, Brett Allen. Red Allen is still oopsie doopsie of the week. That is still staying. So uh, he's always going to be the honorary oopsie doopsie of the week. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my, mine, is, uh, mine is the guy we also talked about. And it's not an offensive player. It's a defensive player. And it's Derek Barnes. He had four tackles, one PBU, and a pick. I mean. It wasn't just any pick. It wasn't any pick. It was the game ceiling pick. It was the pick to take to the NFC Championship game. And DB, man, I mean. He's like Campbell said, he's been a late bloomer, but but he's going. And then Chef tweeted out that you know, when you water a seed, it slowly grows, but then once it grows, you see the fruits of that of the seed come out, you know. So, 
it's DB, man. Derek Barnes had the biggest play. That was the loudest I probably heard for the field. Or like just the way everyone just got up and went nuts. That that was nuts. Um, man, that was dude. I blacked out, man. I I like I, I just didn't feel real. Like it was like everything. Like I didn't even see who got at the interception initially. I I saw after the fact it was Derek Barnes. I honestly thought initially I thought it was Brian Branch. I didn't think it was Derek Barnes. I knew it was and, Barnes. I saw it was Barnes. I like I, everyone just was going crazy or freaking out. Everyone's you know just. It, it was a, a crazy atmosphere. That's one interception we're gonna see for the rest of our lives. Like that's a that's an interception we're gonna see every single year of our lives. Like that that, that it was that big of a moment. So it was it was unbelievable. I'm happy for Barnes. That's his first career interception too, man. Yeah, man. And shout out to Derek Barnes, man. This guy because kind of like they drafted Jack Campbell. He still didn't like. He still competed his ass off. He's still playing hard. Like, you know, when some guys, when some guy get all oh, they drafted him, I don't want to be here. Oh, like, trade me, or I just don't want to be here right now. This guy said, No, you want to draft him? Let me prove you wrong. Yeah. And I mean, he's had a good year. So shout out to DB, man. And then another baller of the week. I want to give one more. It's to Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes again. And I'm not going to explain it. You guys know why. I don't need no explanation. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, they are elite at their jobs. They know what the heck they're doing. And we talk about, you know, we sometimes we kind of mention, oh, he's not a culture fit, this, that. Damn it, man. They know what the fuck they're doing. You know, they didn't trade for a guy in, in the trade deadline because they didn't have to. Look where they are right now. Other teams that traded, they're they're in Cancun or whatever they're doing. <laughs> I'm being serious. So I'm just thinking of the, the this Cancun. This is awesome, Bowl. man. This is the awesome. Co- the Cowboys and Eagles game. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it's all that meme. Oh, my gosh. You no, know, man. not a baller, but, you know, we didn't even mention him. I think he deserves some recognition. Craig Reynolds, man. That completely threw me off guard, man. <laughs> well, not even, like, just him being on the field. And then, yeah, they actually ran it with Craig Reynolds, and he cashes in for a touchdown. My goodness, that, that threw the whole stadium off guard. I, I was yeah. I was shook, Staying man. Those off, too, yeah, because yeah, that's Monty, you know? So what they did is they brought him in probably for pass pro or as a receiver. Because I remember earlier in the game, they had him lined up as receiver, and then Jared Goff brought him back. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the game, they're like, you know what, Let, let's run you now. So Bucks were probably thinking pass. They just run it. I think it was behind Ragnow. Um, it was Ragnow did a great job on Vita Vita. He did. He did. That's why that, that man's a true warrior. I mean, I'm surprised nobody gave him the ball of the week because what he's dealing with and, and to, to, to still be out there is very impressive. Very, very, very impressive. So another cold baller, Malcolm mentioned him, Frank Ragnow. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to. Now, now we just named the whole team. <laughs> yeah, hey, bro, we got ballers on this yeah. team, man. We got ballers on this team. We got some dogs. Yeah. Now, Ragnow, I think we mentioned earlier in the show, he sprained his ankle and his knee in that game. Yes. And is expected to play next week versus the 49ers. Yeah, and, and he did not want to come out at he all. He didn't miss a snap. Did not miss a snap, man. Played all 100. Yeah. This man's a warrior. True warrior, man. He's he's the definition of grit. Like that's that's when they talk about grit. They talk about the city of Detroit. That guy literally puts his head down, works his ass off. Even when he's not a hundred, Campbell said, even when he's at eighty percent, he's still really good. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, that end of the first half, it kind of just like man, everything's kind of coming down. Jonah's hurt. Uh, we gave that touch on to Mike Evans, and then Ragnar goes out, and it's like this is going to be an interesting second half. And I was even shocked. I'm like. Holy fuck. Ragnar snapping the ball for the even it, it was a kneel down. It, it had no significance in the game. But the kneel down, just seeing Ragnar out there, I'm like, holy shit, dude, he's gonna play this game. He, he's not gonna miss a snap. And that, that gave me like more confidence going to the second half. Because if we didn't have Ragnar or Jonah Jackson and that first half ended how it did, 
you know, we're maybe talking about a different game right now. So Ragnar is a freaking warrior. He is the definition of the Detroit Lions right now. He He's a guy, when he's done, I want to see his name in the rafters. Like when they have the suites with all those guys' names out there, Frank Ragnar's going to have his name up there. He's a he, Hall of Famer, bro. He is a Detroit Lion for life. If he plays the way he's been playing, like he continues that, I think he's on his way to being a Hall of Famer. The guy is on. He's one of the best centers in the league. Yeah. I, I think he is a guy that, like, he just embodies what this team is trying to build right now. So I and I respect him so much, man. He's been a great player. And it's just cool for him to see all of it come together because, you know, obviously he's been here for a minute. He, he saw a lot of losing, and it's kind of finally like all coming together with him and Decker and all those other guys. So I'm happy for him. Yep. All right. That's the Oops Doopsie Ball of the Week. We know our official opponent for the NFC Championship. We're playing the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara. Quick thoughts, Peter. What's your thoughts? Uh, first thought that comes to my mind is Christian McCaffrey. That offense is kind of built with Christian McCaffrey. If you stop Christian McCaffrey, which is really hard to do, even if you have a good run defense, he's one of the best backs in the league. Kyle Shannon has one of the best running schemes in the league. If you stop Christian McCaffrey and force Brock Purdy to throw, that's how you win this game. Then defensively, obviously, is that D-line with Oshika um, in there with those guys, Javon Hargrave and Chase Young and Bosa and all those guys. Um, strength on strength, basically, O-line versus D-line. So it's, it's going to be a fun one. That's that's kind of my concern right now is McCaffrey and uh, the Oshika matchup, whoever's going up against them. Yeah. Malcolm, what about you? What's your quick thoughts on playing the Niners? Man, um, I've been kind of, kind of saying this all year, that um, – NFL is more about matchups, man. And I think this matchup for Detroit, it, it, it favors them. And I think they always did. I think it always favored Detroit. when they, if they, had, if they had to go against a team like the 49ers. Because I think the 49ers are so run-heavy. Um, and I think that that's what we do best, is taking away the run. So if they can do that, and like Pierre said, limit Christian McCaffrey um, in the running game and passing game. And that's that's a big one too. Um, is limiting them in the passing game. We have a big shot. I think we have a shot because I think our offensive line. I mean, not having Jordan's going to hurt, but I think our offensive line is a favorable matchup against their defensive line. So I think Jared Goff will have time to do what he wants to do. I think Jared Goff could have a solid game. Now, now I, I guess history, history wise. Um, the 49ers have been playing, they played Jared Goff well. I guess that's the, the, the history of things that whenever they play Jared Goff, they play him well. Um, but I think it's different. I think this offensive line is different. Now, I wonder how much Oshika is going to hold up, <laughs> hold up his, his end. But I think, like I said, I think the, the matchup wise, I think it favors Detroit here. I, I like the matchup. Yeah. I think it's very fair matchup. I'll say that. Like, I think, like, it's a lot of strength on strength, like their D line versus our O line is strength on strength. Um, I mean, they they have a lot of good players, and we have a lot of good players too. Like on our offense side of the ball, we have a lot of skill guys. They have a bunch of skill guys too. And something to keep a note on, we'll know more later on the week. Debo Samuel, what's his status going to be in that game? He's 50 50 according to Kyle Shanahan right now. So that's a huge part. And if you have ever watched a Niners game with Debo or without Debo, you could tell there's a big difference when he's not on the field. So it's going to be significant to see. If he's on the field, and if he is on the field, how much of an impact is he going to be? Because he's obviously dealing with that that shoulder injury right now. So that's something that, that kind of comes into my mind when I think of the Niners right away. But, man, like, you can't ask for a better game. I think, like I said, strength on strength on both sides of the football. It's as, as good as it gets, man. It's Santa Clara, NFC Championship, Lions, 49ers. 
And I know you mentioned the struggles with Jared Goff. This is a completely different Jared Goff. Jared Goff hasn't played the San Francisco 49ers since his first game as a Detroit Lion. And he, we've obviously seen the growth of Jared Goff since that game. So I'm throwing all that history away of what Jared Goff has done against the Niners. That is all garbage to me right now. This is a brand new Jared Goff. This is a brand new Lions team since we last faced them. And I can't freaking wait, man. It's going to be an uh, exciting game this Sunday. I do want to bring something up, though, just with the Niners D-line. So on paper, they've looked really good. But the last couple of weeks, they, they've struggled at getting pressure to the quarterback. They haven't, like, it hasn't been how it kind of was last year where they just were constantly in the backfield. They they haven't, you know, they traded for Chase Young. Some people thought that would get better, but it helped them a little, but it didn't really kind of take their pass rush to the next level. That's just something to note. They do have a lot of talent, um, but they just haven't. I mean, I was watching the game last week. Versus the Packers, you know the Packers O line. It's not, it, it's good, but it's not like ours. And Jordan Love had some time. Yeah, but you know, Jordan Love also has. He he's a little bit he's a little bit mobile. He's mobile, as... but it doesn't seem like they were just kind of just going in there and hitting him. You know, he had some yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah, Jordan Love he, he's he's coming on his own as far as like he's able to like maneuver around the pocket, escape the pressure, and throw off his back foot and shit like that. Man. For sure. He, He's doing weird shit. He's doing Brett Favre type shit right now, but um, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right as far as like they, they don't look as scary, like like as far as anybody talking about as far as how they be playing defense. I, I think our like I said, I think I think our offense is, is a favorable matchup against them. I can't wait to see it. Um, I think the key to this game though is gonna be Aaron Glenn versus Kyle Shanahan. I think I think that's I think that's a key matchup right there. I think um. I want to see how Aaron Glenn try to contain this this offense as much as possible. As far as um Christian McCaffrey, man. For sure. Yeah, because I mean we do a good job with the running backs, but like CMC, he's a different animal, dude. He's a running back and a receiver, dude. He he is yeah. just as good of a receiver as he's a running back. He is a different animal. So that is going to be a hell of a matchup. I would say the same matchup the other way around. Ben Johnson for Steve Wilkes. Like, that's a hell of a matchup, too. What is Steve Wilkes going to do with all of our offensive pieces? Like, we have as many as offensive pieces as the 49ers. Now, we don't have a Christian McCaffrey-type player, but we have a lot of damn yeah, good we players. Do. I we think do. we have somebody damn close. I we think do. he's damn near close. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's close. He's close. I, I, I don't think anyone's CMC. No, I think, not CMC, he's not CMC, yeah, but he I could, think Gibbs is more like Alvin Kamara. I, I I don't I think CMC is the best running back I've ever seen. I think Gibbs could become CMC. He's just in his first year and he's already it's doing possible. all these amazing things. Shit, I hope. But <laughs> I hope. I mean, right now he's not there. That he's not CMC. CMC is a different animal. You say he's the best running back you've ever seen in your life? Yes. You, did you see Adrian Peterson? Yeah. CMC is a different animal, dude. His AP was great too, though. That's tough. Adrian Peterson is prime, man. <laughs> That's tough. I don't know about this, Tyler. I like Adrian Peterson is prime, man. He's... To be fair, I was older for CMC though, so I like I saw AP, but okay. I mean, kind of going like with what you've seen more, kind of in their Yeah, I mean, stuff. I was older. I understand the game a lot more with CMC than what I did with AP and yeah, Minnesota. He, he, he's a great back. I I've said, I've said, I didn't see Barry. Um, I've seen too many great backs. I can't even put him in my top five. Dude, he's good, man. He's a he's he's one. Of, I think he's the best football player in the league right now. Him and Tyreek Hill. He is probably probably right now best in in that position. But I think he's one of the best football players in the league. Like him, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, and Mahomes. I think like he's up there with those guys. I think there's another guy no one really talks about, and I think Panay Sewell right now is one of the best football players in the league too. 
Benet is great too, but he's just not a sexy position. He's not a sexy position, but um, when you talk about Lyman, my gosh, that guy's been playing out of his mind. Yes, yeah. But as like far as like just players and skill players, I think he is one of the most – he's up there. He's like – he's arguably number one. Now, do you, do you feel like can, can the Detroit Lions stop the running game from, from Philadelphia? Uh, Philadelphia. Looking 49 You're yeah. not going to completely stop it. It's just going to contain it. I think if you do what the Packers did, you'll be good. Um, he he still had impact, so yeah, you're not you're never stopping CMC. Like that's just take that out of your mind. You're not stopping CMC. He's gonna have an impact somehow in this game. But it's just how much could you stop him? Yeah, another thing. Also, with these linebackers and line, <laughs> I talked about the Packers ran it really well on the Niners. They I think did. the Packers were actually the better team. Just there were certain things that they did, like a play or two. If they made that play, they would have won that game. I think the Packers outplayed them. Honestly, um, I agree with that. They're they're the hotter team. They're the hotter team. They're 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 the Packers are one of those teams that you just. They came in the playoffs, like I told you, one of those low seeds that was going to come in and scare the fuck out of everybody, and nobody was going to want to play them. And that's what the Packers were. Yeah. Yeah. They were. All right. We'll have a more extensive view on the 49ers. We'll break down their whole team, their offense, their defense, everything. We'll break down that whole game later on the week so you guys can stay tuned for that. But for that being now, that is all we have for you guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed. And Enjoy it, man. Enjoy this ride, dude. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we're keeping on dancing, and it's, it's, it's been amazing. So that's all I got for you guys. I'm out, guys. Peace. Like Tyler said, man, enjoy this week. Enjoy it with your family. Enjoy it with people that, like, like your dad, for example. If you're younger, you have a father. Enjoy it with him, man. These are moments that, that mean a lot to the city, mean a lot to everyone here. So enjoy this dub, and I'll see you later in the week. I'm out. Peace. Yep, it's your boy Malcolm, and man, I am out, man. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.